0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend.
1: Hello and welcome to the Square Ball Podcast. My name's Ben Fry and I'll be your new host.
3: Supported by The Gelderdend, the number one League United memorabilia site. Visit thegelderdend.com. The SquareBall Podcast.
4: And welcome to the first podcast of the 1314 season. Uh, welcome back after a short summer break and joined by the usual lot. Michael's here. Yep. Hey, and Moscow White. Hello. And Oddie. You're right. Uh, <coughs> first thing we have to say congratulations to to Michael who is uh, now the proud father of twins. Well done. Thank you. Thank it, you. It's nice to know you're not infertile. <laughs> I'm still conf- not I'm still not
1: 100% sure. <laughs> How are little uh, Ray and Rodney? Oh, they the marvelous. Marvelous, yes. What are they really called? George and Harry. Royalists. Uh, well, you... no, favorite, and the other one, not at all. Sadly, named after Kewell and Graham. Uh, yes, not Kewell. No.
2: Any other famous Leeds United Harolds? or Georges Reynolds? Right. <laughs> when's when's little Manny Cousins coming along?
4: <laughs> Permanently looking tired and surrounded by shit and constantly hearing crying. But that's enough about the Legion United midfield. How are the boys? Hey. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. It's a good one. Yeah, right. It's the Squareball Podcast, issue one of our magazine, our famous fanzine, goes on sale against Brighton on Saturday. It's reek good. We'll tell you about it towards the back end of the podcast. But first, we should tell you to buy it, because that's more important than anything.
2: It <laughs> doesn't matter what's in it. It still costs £1.50. That's all you need to know.
4: 56 full colour pages, and it's a marvellous thing. It's a marvellous organ. Uh, and you can buy that at Ellen Road on Saturday and throughout the season at the home games um, and online at the squareball.net and you should definitely buy a subscription.
2: How much are the subscriptions? They sound expensive. Have
4: they gone up since last year? I presume they have. Yeah. Inflation. The pipe maintenance at Squareball HQ. Is there sadly. were a lot
2: of rabbits in my flat. You would be wrong to assume there's been any price increase because the prices have stayed the same. But but surely in, uh, in real terms that represents a saving basically I've yes. no idea I,
1: you're talking I, like Ken again now and the good news is you can I'm buy you, you buy the magazine you buy it in pounds rather than euros so you save that is true that's very true the economic reality of buying
4: a fanzine yes leads, yeah.
2: you, you won't be affected by fluctuations in fuel prices
4: um, prices in the UK 25 quid delivered to your door 33 quid if you're in Europe that includes Ireland um, and 40 quid for the rest of the world <laughs> that's good of you <laughs> I'm just I'm just 50, 50 quid for the Irish <laughs> And uh, it's 10 quid for the download sub, so if you don't want it posted to you, you can get them cheaper than you can get them at Ellen Road in the digital format. It works on your iPad, your your iPhone, your Android phone, your tablet, your Nexus. I can't think of it. I'm just listing devices now. I'm listing devices. Can Ken get it on his fax machine? We could try. We could try inserting it, couldn't we? But yeah, but you get a free download sub with all the paper subs as well, or chucked in for your money. You can buy via debit card or credit card or PayPal, whatever tickles your fancy.
2: I'm going to buy one of each of everything that you just said, including all the different devices. White watching.
4: So, preseason is over. We're nearly ready to enter the season proper. Should we have a quick run back through preseason, the highlights and the other highlights? It was
2: nothing but highlights. Um,
4: so, we went to Farsley, didn't we? Uh, first game of the preseason. Press pass.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Swagger. Yeah, by mistake, found myself in the uh, commentary box, sat next to it was. They don't uh, have a
0: commentary box at Fasly. <laughs> they
2: do have a commentary. Well, they've got a commentary area, and, it's and by got, mistake, um,
0: did you just come out of the box and turn the wrong way?
2: We wanted a couple of press passes so we could get a photographer in. Ended up with four, and because I was sitting in the baking sunlight, I just thought I'd go and see where it actually got me. And so the uh, the said, "Oh well, go and sit there if you want." So it ended up being uh, there was, in the dugout. <laughs> there was there was poor Jews Uh, Tom Kerwin, Don Matteo, Don Matteo's mate, Don Matteo's mate's daughter, and then me. So uh, I'm quite close to celebrity and that. I think if it hadn't have been for uh, Don Matteo's mate and his daughter, I would probably have been on air because she was in the second half. I wasn't quite sure what was going down, but there was definitely, like they were putting the headphones on her and sticking the microphone in front of her and putting her out on Yorkshire radio rather than letting us know what Luke Varney was doing on the wing.
4: And it's gone off air, you say? Recently.
2: It's a surprise, surprise, isn't it? If I'd known that, I would have forced my way on if I'd, I thought it might have mattered.
4: 5-0 win against Farsley anyway. Lovely day out in the sun. And then more sunny adventures into Europe to Slovenia for the, the tour abroad, which looked like a lot of fun. And we've got a good article on that, by the way, in the new square ball, three matches in Slovenia, a win, a loss and a loss.
2: Yeah, that was when the um, difficulties became apparent, looking at the results, because it all felt quite good. 5-0 win at Farsley. Nobody's reading anything into that, but, you know, Smith scored. What Pud I'm reading scored. into it is
4: that we'll be fine if we enter the same division as Farsley.
2: And we'll also be fine in the Slovenian 3rd Slovenian Division, because a, a select 11, so a bunch of players from the Slovenian 3rd Division who had never played with each other before, <laughs> only put one past us... Um, <laughs> But did re- let in reassuringly three as a fantastic miss from uh, Luke Varney in that game, where he controls a ball over the top with his left foot and then plants his right foot ready to, vo- to volley it. But his right foot just slides from under him and he rolls away like a rolling pin being thrown down a hill, gets up pounding the floor. I think it's just made him angry, preparation for coming back and going out to Stevenage. And
4: then we took on um, FC Domzal at the Domzal Sports Park, where we lost 2 1. We were robbed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, they were a proper team, you see. They're actually a football team.
4: Was this the game where the referee was so quite clearly in the pay of uh, the home side?
2: No, that was Ferenc varosh where he was quite he clearly... weren't really a home side. Weren't really they the are. home side, but yeah. he was quite clearly in fear of their um, mental hooligan supporters who were throwing chairs at Paddy Kenny. And I think the referee didn't fancy a chair being thrown at him.
4: Reminiscent of uh, the nightclub scene in Halifax. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Kenny didn't flinch. He'd seen it all before, but the referee was clearly never going to give Rudy Austin a penalty. So now we know that Rudy Austin is less frightening than a gang of Hungarians. So we can put that on the chart of things that Rudy Austin is more or less frightening he as was, um, or than...
4: He was subject to monkey chance as well, wasn't he, as Phil Hay tweeted at the time, which is a little bit unfortunate in this day and age, but...
2: Well, you get a bunch of rowdy Hungarians.
4: Now you're being racist. <laughs> <laughs> I hate stereotyping like <laughs> that. That's, that's offensive to me. Anyway, yeah, Ferenc Baros, reminiscent of the uh, one of our European finals. Remind me which one it was, Statman, there.
2: You looking at me? Yeah, of course. I don't know. I was, was it
4: the 68 First Cup? That's, may have that made that yeah, up. That could be right. Sounds yeah. about I right. I think it was, yeah. Late 60s. Oddie, you were, you were a teenager then, is that right? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and we, Yeah, we lost 1-0 to them, didn't we? Two defeats on the bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Start, starting not panic. starting I'm to not get panic. worried and then we Can't come home well, lads.
2: we'll pick it up at Warsaw well, of course we will
4: because yeah. they are an inferior
1: side to I us I thought you were going to do a staying in Eastern Europe joke but you've missed it now
4: <laughs> oh the Warsaw yeah Warsaw. that thing yeah. yeah it's rubbish isn't yeah. it yeah. yeah is it the Bank's stadium is that where you had your cauliflower Michael
1: uh, yes it is Yeah, um, it was a work thing in the, the least impressive corporate facilities I've, ever, <laughs> I've yeah. ever seen in my life
2: what did they give you
1: the, um, the most Soft vegetables I've ever eaten in my life. Mm. They were uh, they kind of disappeared on contact with your tongue. Essentially, they're, they're, like baby food. Yeah, I think they had been I think they've been cooking them since since sort of 1980. It was quite impressive.
2: Do you think their pre-match meal might be responsible for our loss in this game?
4: Potentially, we were woeful, weren't we, in this game?
2: I wasn't there, but none of it sounded good on uh, Yorkshire Radio.
4: Was this the game where McDermott persisted with the diamond in midfield and it didn't work?
2: It seems to have kind of moved away from. The diamond now, but...
4: Are we less bling than
1: before? That's Warnock, Warnock had a diamond in midfield. He was called Brownie.
2: <laughs> I think he's just trying any formation now. I think he thought the diamond would work because, you know, we've got players perfect for playing behind the front two, like A. D. White. So you could see why he wanted to try that. And we ain't got no wingers. So worth a go. But then he's now trying to rapidly... Grasping for his old... Uh, league manager's coursework, trying to find what else you can do if you haven't got no wingers.
4: Well, I mean, at least he's roughly attempting to put square pegs into square holes and round pegs into round holes, apart from
2: Eddie White. I think he'd really like to just buy some wingers. He was asked how he was coping without wingers and he said he was funny. um, Oh, it's a little bit odd because uh, Reading, I had five and here I've got none. I think at that point, um, Ryan Hall looked up from where he was doing some gardening or uh, a bit of supermarket shopping and did say, oh no, I, I do actually still play. But um, the band just wants some wingers. Give him some wingers. And then
4: on to uh, Stevenage, of course, where we won 3-0. Super Varney, Varney Army. I'm a Massinga-esque nine-minute hat-trick. Mm. This hat-trick sort of came towards the end when Stevenage apparently started quite well and then tired. Mm-hmm. And then he dispensed with said diamond and went into more of a 4-2-3-1, didn't he? And
2: attempted something different. Plus one of them was a penalty, and I'm never sure about a hat-trick that includes a penalty. It's kind of devalued. Two and a penalty.
4: <laughs> the imperfect <hat-trick>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay.
2: I mean, he seemed to enjoy it, with, because um, the crowd had been singing, if finally scores were on the pitch, and uh, it kind of, it's kind of typical of his career that he did then score, went to the crowd and was like waving at them, going like, come on the pitch then, come on, and they're like, no, you're all right, Luke. Exactly. <laughs> And you don't
4: know about our reputation.
2: Yeah, exactly. If Arnie scores, we're on the pitch and we'll tear him limb from limb. (laughs) Uh, But no, good to see him uh, actually contributing at last. (laughs) He did get those two goals at Sheffield Wednesday, which were both fine. He's been taking calls. What a a photograph. Wonderful. Two phones on his head and he's just got the perfect kind of... He should, if football doesn't work out and all the signs Arthur did isn't going to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a career in buddy comedies. I could see him, you know, Luke Varney, first day on the job at LAPD. His partner's a yes. dog.
4: A dog. <laughs> Brownie.
2: <laughs> Varney and Brown. Keeping the the streets safe. <laughs> or not. I don't know. But yeah, there's something about his quizzical looking face and his, uh, his pineapple hairline that just says... Says 80s buddy comedy to me, but unfortunately, he's our best striker, so there you go. That was actually that. I think it was no, it was the Warsaw game when, um, a vintage moment from Eddie Gray on the, uh, yeah, the phone was. in on Yorkshire Radio afterwards. There was a question came in by text and said, uh, so Eddie, we've got, um, we've got Noel Hunt, Matt Smith, Ross McCormack, and El Hadge For uh, which one do you think Brian McDermott should start with up front? And Eddie Gray just went, What? He said, McDermott Hunt. Uh, Smith or Elard wh who should play up front? And Gray's like, uh, you know, Luke Varney had a decent <laughs> game. <laughs> and it seemed like it was dawning on him. It's like, shit, one of those is actually going to have to be our main striker. And Varney it is, good times ahead.
4: And then another crushing defeat in pre-season at home to Nuremberg on Saturday.
2: They're very good. Tenth in the Bundesliga, the table don't lie. They're better than your Slovenian third division um, select eleven any day of the week. Well, there must be because we only conceded one to those, and we conceded two to Nuremberg. And it was a good, it was um, an enjoyable match. Actually, it's always good to see a friendly, inspiring, pointless fighting. Echoes of uh, the Makita tournament. Exactly. Yeah, we said that, didn't we?
4: yeah. Who yeah. to be thrown over the hoardings?
2: <laughs> Never came to that. It was quite good. Then when the uh, two goalkeepers were facing off just outside Paddy, Paddy <coughs> Kenny's uh, penalty area, when there was really no reason for for any of it, but yeah, they didn't seem to like Ross McCormack and he didn't seem to mm-hmm. like them. Um, the rough stuff didn't seem to be what Ross had in mind when he took on this role as a midfield battler. <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah. They had a laugh
4: with the cop as well. When they doing the, whoa, your shit. That famous German sense of humour. Yes. You know,
0: it was, it was, it was quite he funny. As he stepped around the uh,
2: <laughs> 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 he, uh More racism. He just pretended to uh, pretended to take a goal kick. Great times. Great yeah. times. And booked. Booked, booked and as a the, result. Well,
0: didn't book him, the ref wasted five minutes to go up to him and talk to him for wasting time and hmm. then didn't book him. He
2: walked from the halfway line right to the goal line and you thought he was going to book him, but instead you just said the thing of standing right in front of his face and uh, crossing his arms going like, this won't work on a <laughs> podcast, but uh, to which point I think everybody in the ground thought wanker. I don't know if, because the referee was English, I think he might have assumed that this German goalkeeper wouldn't understand if he yelled from the halfway line, cut it out! But instead he had to <laughs> march all the way over there and do a big grand gesture and then march all the way back again. They were definitely two goals better than us, though, and they scored them, so fair play. They deserved to win. The, uh, the theme of ultra-violence that was kind of running under the surface of the game nearly came to the surface when um, Peltier was responsible for their second goal. Let the ball bounce after a corner. And uh, yeah, Paddy. Uncharacteristic, you might say. <laughs> well, Paddy Kenny's dead-eyed stare as Peltier walked back to the halfway line suggested he had seen it all too many times before. Can you give think. us any positives? Don Pollion is quite fast. Okay. And uh, Stephen Warnock did make a, a very good sliding tackle. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was just after he'd been completely outfoxed by a one-two. But he did then chase back to the goal line and make a really good sliding tackle. and then
1: I was looking to, for more general pre- positive to pre- things rather than a gem- to rather m- one incident. No, but it, it,
2: it's an important incident because then to uh, to prevent the ball from going out of play for a corner, he then uh, he got up from making this brilliant tackle, ran over to the corner flag, booted it, span around and landed on his arse and gave away a corner.
4: <laughs>
2: All right, that's good then. It was well, the best passage of play of the season so far. The News
4: Let's start this section off as we always do, then with the ins and outs. Uh, the ins, perhaps a little bit more limited than the outs. First signing of the summer was a freebie, uh, from Oldham Athletic, a gentleman with a very posh name, indeed, 24 year old Matt Smith, or to give him his Sunday name, Moscow.
2: I don't actually know how you pronounce it because I always think of Walter Matthau. and I'm Mathieu. sure it said Mathieu, Mathieu, Mathieu. He's secretly French, I think he's half French, I think he's got sort a of French mother which immediately endears him to me, or at least to the mental image I have of his mother. (laughs) 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 Harry,
4: more racism on the podcast. In the right places.
2: Um, Yeah, (laughs) Smythe, I believe it's pronounced.
4: You are imagining like an English gent, aren't you, in some Mm -hmm. sort of a country mansion. Yeah. Having an illicit affair with some sort of, Leggy French, perhaps she'll be a waitress and producing this offspring. This is what you sort of envisage, something like that, don't you?
2: And I'm um, pinning my hopes on her having kept her looks and wanting to meet a young man from uh, Leeds, or oh, well, youngish. No, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's going to be. We've uh, described him here as a very tall and clever man. Can't say further than that, but I'm sure him and. Uh, but is he good at football? Him and Brownie are going to get on famously. Well we haven't got anybody who's good at football. So at least if he's got a, as um, someone said when he signed it, if he's got a business studies degree, we'll probably just put him in as chairman.
4: Now that hasn't raised a laugh because it's actually a, probably a genuine possibility.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, if you know here, but we stuff, all sat here and thought about that. Yeah, and thought, Do you know he's what? He's got a certificate. Didn't, Um, who was it Salah Nderuddin, who is chairman, who turned out to have, like he's got a, a certificate from like Exeter Adult Education College, or was that one of the other weirdos that's invested, like took 3% and and we don't know the name? There was definitely somebody who's got like a... A BTEC. Yeah. An NVQ or something. Whereas Mathieu, I believe, has a baccalaureate um, in business. Uh, Baccalaureate. back of Baccalaureate. From baccalaureate to back of the net, um... As long as we put the ball in the air, because he's tall. Warnock's dream signing, I'm sure, wherever he is, probably Cornwall, he'll have looked at this and just sighed.
1: I bet Sam Allardyce is a night to have missed out on him as well.
2: He may come in with a bid. If um, Andy Carroll gets injured again, there may be like a cheeky 10 million comes our way. But which point, I assume we'll uh, snap his hand off, because he probably won't have scored many goals for us.
4: Well, let's do these slightly out of order and go on to Noel Hunt. 30-year-old gentleman from Reading, the, the summer's worst
2: kept secret in many ways. This year, this year's Paddy Kenny, desperate to come. Although the whole uh, doing the deal, his wedding party aspect did seem a little bit odd when Brian McDermott was going to go over and celebrate Noel Hunt's happy day and take a contract to sign for to Leeds United with him. Here's your wedding gift. I'll sign the register, sign the contract. But yeah, him and Ross McCormack certainly seem to be uh, getting there.
4: They've hit it off, haven't they?
2: Upping the bants on Twitter. Um, although I did enjoy the, it wasn't just a mental image because he took a photo of Noel Hunt crouched outside Costa Coffee in Weatherby at about eleven o'clock at night using the free Wi-Fi because it's not been installed at wherever he's living yet. Not something you could ever really imagine like Alan Clark doing or Lee Chapman.
4: What are we expect him from uh, from Noel Hunt then? Workmanlike performances, effort, a little buzzy bee of a man.
2: Um, I think <laughs> I think they're going to make. Uh, you can tell it's the school holidays, can't you? Got the kids at home at the minute. I think to describe him as workmanlike is to do him a disservice. He actually looks quite good on the ball and runs around and appears to have some imagination. Potentially, a
1: club packed with talented footballers, he would maybe be described as workmanlike <laughs> for us. He's a star. He's yep. a, is
2: he a diamond in the rough? I was going to say, I was really basing this on his substitute appearance against Farsley when he definitely stole the show. Um, so if, as long as we're against that standard um, and he's playing with that standard, he's going to be no, he looks good. He looks all right. He's got a bit of pace, not a lot of pace, a bit of pace, more than El Hadjjouf at least. And plus he's also, he's here, whereas El Hadjjouf appears to have disappeared off the face of the planet. So, so in that respect, he's got everything. He is experienced at this level. Better than Michael Brown. Yes. He's this, he's sort of a, a combination of uh, Paddy Kenny and Michael Brown, in that he's everybody knew coming all summer. And also the manager bloody loves him and he, he loves the manager back. Well, he invited him to his wedding. So there are reasons to be suspicious that it is going to be. Uh, you know, it's is now a good time to talk about Neil Warnock's unique relationship with Michael Brown. Because I've just read 700 pages of Pure Warnock through his two books to review him for the square ball and learnt that uh, Brownie used to stand under his brolly at training at Sheffield United if it save, was raining. Save
4: these anecdotes before we talk about the magazine at the back end, because I can see you're going to build up to this and that, then just
2: release. That one I'll just drop out there now. Brownie under the brolly being called Sun because it was raining and being given a little bit of chewing gum, you know.
4: Teacher's pet. Uh, finally then, let's let's do the very important, the big signing, the one that nearly stopped hearts right across West Yorkshire and the world at large. £1 million sterling Luke Murphy, 23 years old, from Crew Alexandra. It was a real sit-up-and-take-notice signing, wasn't it?
2: We stole him from uh, recent Premier League champions Blackburn Rovers as David Haig was very... <laughs> Very proud to announce. I think uh,
1: and Wolves. Wolves are a big club. Ones.
2: Yeah, I think Royal Engineers were also rumoured to be uh, to be after him. <laughs> but um, yeah, bloody hell, a million pounds. It's a lot of money.
1: And a midfielder who's young
2: and presumably can pass because he used to play for Crew. So you can confidently say
4: that he's probably regretting his move already. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Before I even um, knew anything about him, you know, it, he's got one. Twenty-three years old, midfielder crew Alexandra worth a million quid and you can kind of form a picture of him in your mind but then when he turns up and he's wearing like a pastel blue pullover and he's got a fashion moustache it's not quite what I expected he he
4: did touch his hair a lot in that um, LUTV interview I noticed that he did after he signed
2: are we suggesting he's going to have the, uh, the cleanest shirt off the pitch at every every game
4: well, it depends if he can sort of uh, move around there like McAllister used to do, because he never used to seem like he came off particularly dirty, shirt untucked, just used to you glide. Have seen, you should have seen him when he got home. <laughs> glide around midfield. I hope he will do the same sort of
2: stuff. Uh, if he turned out to be a new McAllister...
4: That's a very a very modest hope for him, that
1: yeah. he'll be as good as McAllister.
2: Well, it, it reminded me of McAllister, because McAllister followed Lukic. Uh, Lukic was our first million pound player. And then a day later was McAllister was the second. So it was kind of like, and McAllister came from Leicester, had, was about 23, had a fashion moustache. He didn't have a fashion moustache. And he didn't he was, look 23 either. No, he did not. <laughs> no, those moustaches okay.
4: were fashionable at that time and yet, in 1990. And
2: yet McAllister didn't have one. I can confidently say that I had seen a bit of Luke Murphy before because I had a a soft spot for a crew and so watched their playoff final and saw him score his brilliant goal after just six minutes. Curled it into the top corner, whoosh, across the goalkeeper. Bang. It was really good.
4: Good sound effects. (laughs) Yeah, I like like those. Um, Let's talk about those that have uh, have gone on the way out. Are any of these worth a million? Uh, Lee Bromby has officially retired to take up his role with the club's young players, which could... Proved to be worth millions for us in the future.
2: Lee, millions of dollars, Bromby.
4: Yeah, um, Soma's gone, hasn't he, as well? He got engaged at a a baseball game, that that footage that appeared on on Twitter.
2: It was very curious. Yeah, there was definitely people messing about with balls and bats in the background. And he was uh, down on one knee, surprising his girlfriend in front of the whole stadium. Some people just loved the limelight. And then he rolled around because he'd done his cruise ship. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't really. No, they looked looked very happy. She was crying. He was looking smug. It was very much like when he used to get in the team ahead of Billy Painter.
4: Boom! There we go. Humour. In spades, right
2: And they were also lovers Yes, Paul Connolly's
4: gone No
1: That is a shame
2: Has he managed to find anybody to pick up his outrageous contract yet?
1: Who knows, has he gone to press? I know, he hasn't, no, no. free oh, yes. agent <laughs> He's been linked with LA
2: Galaxy for a while Of course he was No, was it LA Galaxy or was it um, Was he going to go to New York Red Bulls with Lloyd Sam?
4: Yes it was, and Thierry Henry
2: <laughs> Yeah, and co- competing against um, What's the name of that guy who couldn't cope? Andy O'Brien, who's uh, <laughs> playing for, I think he's at Toronto, Loving Life. Because they'll all find the level in there. Paul Rohobka is probably going to get a move to uh, to America. He's certainly not going to be playing for baseball. Our new catcher, <laughs> Paul <laughs> Rochubko. I looked at his uh, career stats because I, I looked through a few of these today to see if they had find, found clubs. Rohobka still searching. I'd forgotten he was actually a Man United stealth bomb. Started his career there in around 2000. And then is it any coincidence that 12 years later he he signed for Leeds and threw five goals in at, well, three, but the others were his fault too. Five goals in at Blackpool. In a generally
4: meaningless second tier game. Ferguson
2: knew what he was doing. You don't get a knighthood without shagging the right lizard. And (laughs) He certainly did, other allegedly. Pe- other people. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Well, that makes it all all right then,
2: doesn't David it? David Hyke moment.
4: Paddy Kisnobo, he's gone, obviously. And I think
2: he should be a club ambassador. Everybody else is.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's gone. Uh, best wishes to him, I guess. And Sanchez Payne. I think he should be a club ambassador. for Everybody the, else For the it. kids.
4: Yes, yeah.
2: There was a lot of upset when he left on. Yeah, I won't where. pretend
4: to know much about him at all.
2: But I don't think um, anybody did. But people assumed gone. he was. I think we said before we always assumed he'd be good because he was called Sanchez Payne. Yeah, bring the.
4: Yeah. Okay. And uh, the major outgoing was um, one that raised a few eyebrows maybe not Paddy Kenny's but in the Warnock household yeah Steve uh club legend Morrison on a season-long loan to to Millwall now this one appears to have freed up the cash to get Murphy doesn't it
2: it didn't raise any eyebrows with me it raised two middle fingers right at Neil Warnock fuck's sake what more can be said than those two words it just it's just idiotic look at that deal now
1: we got him on a three-year contract as well, just
2: to be so clear? So we'll have to have him back, because he, he'll be, well, no, he's going to be brilliant for Millwall, but they won't be able to afford him.
1: Hopefully he'll go and be brilliant at Millwall, then we can sell him.
2: The situation as of now is that our one of our top ten all-time strikers is playing for Norwich Reserves, and his replacement is being partly paid by us, because we're still picking up some of his wages, to play for Millwall. And we've got fuck-all benefit <laughs> from any of it. Oh well, we got supposed that goal against Crystal Palace, but Becchio would goals. have scored seven. Bechier would have scored seven in that game. Plus, his um, he wouldn't have got a broken face against Watford, and so we would never. And so Don Polion then would never have um, assaulted that defender and injured their goalkeeper. And Watford would probably be in the Premier League by now. But on that them. basis, I'm quite glad we signed him. Oh, I don't know. It just it all just it was just. The whims of Warnock. And he didn't even care by that point. Becchio stayed, Becchio goes. It made no difference. But he'd seen Steve Morrison have a good game once. And so he thought, oh, give him a go instead. Idiot. Club legend.
4: Anyway, let's move on.
2: No, I can't move on.
4: Know,
1: Things like did, this are going to Warnock, stick in my craw forever. Warnock did say, to be saying, "Oh, buddy, oh, yeah, Warnock brought him here." So let's just remind we'll us. We'll be ourselves saying that
2: every time here. he comes back, every season when we loan him out, and then every, at the end of every loan contract, when he comes crawling back, we'll be like, we'll "When did you mean, get him?" Like, oh, uh, Mr. Warnock signed he me. Is up- he is he manager again here yet? Get
4: out. He was almost right when we're saying that prick Warnock brought him here. Right, let's talk about season tickets now. We'll move on to that, memberships, etc. Um over thirteen thousand season tickets have been sold. Ooh. Which is an improvement on previous years. <laughs> Getting
2: there. Brick by brick. Ticket by ticket. This
4: t- is a rare step in the right direction though, for
1: season ticket sales, which I think have gone down for about three years running. Well how
2: something. did they how did they manage to achieve um an increase in season ticket sales despite a real reduction in the quality of football last season? Um, what
4: brought dro- w- dropping the price might have no know. Yes, no
2: <laughs> the, that would have been tried before if that was going to work so it must have been something else i don't know were they offering some kind of free gift a share in steve morrison's future perhaps
4: well anyway brighton is category c and on top of your well season- we've had
2: category c games before i mean a lot of people were kind of losing their
4: not on the opening day of the season
0: we have their
2: it. marbles about yeah but you know what difference does it make? Ken Bates used to give us category C's all the time. They were always there on the ticket pricing structure. Category C, for you to look but not touch. <laughs> and I don't see what the difference is.
4: Well, your category C was like Christmas and birthdays, wasn't it? It comes once or maybe twice a year if you're lucky. I
2: I feel that it's, in a way, making Brighton a category C game is uh, disrespectful to Brighton and Hove Albion. I think <laughs> the club is ought to take a long, hard look at itself for the way it's treating what is one of the game's finest clubs. You know, they're better than that.
4: And just this afternoon it was announced that we've shifted over 30,000 tickets already. Good news. That is
2: actually genuinely surprising. I feel like we need a, a moment to pause and ponder because the last I heard it was it had gone past 25,000 and I was thinking, that's good. And then there was a lot of sort of shouting about, like, let's get to 30,000 and then um, they have. And Leeds United don't normally set targets and achieve them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when, was so. the last, when was the last cup games aside? When did we last have thirty thousand? Must be West Ham we at
4: home a few seasons back, I think. Maybe we had thirty three or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did we never even do it for
1: Huddersfield? Maybe. <laughs> yes, probably.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. only because they counted the dogs that the away fans brought as as people, because most of them were walking on the back. Lines. So,
4: what can we say? <laughs> but well, well done Leeds United, and well done everyone, without a hint of sarcasm. Uh, That's a bit boring,
2: isn't it? Yeah. Where's the fun yeah, in that? Yeah.
4: This podcast is on a down. It's on a downward trajectory now, isn't it? After this,
2: I, I need to find something
0: we to. Now? Let's be well, well, we, it. Well, no, before, yeah, 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 yeah. before
2: we get to that, I mean, there's nothing worse than a full island road because I've been quite used to having some like leg room.
1: Traffic's going to be awful. It's going to take bloody ages oh, to get away from sake.
2: there. The bus, if you go, try and go on the special buses, they'll probably put the prices up on them, and they'll be absolutely rammed, and they won't be stealth running as tax. many
4: stealth tax. Yeah. That's where it'll be. Well, that's all.
2: There. So, I mean, I already pay. Uh, Something that I presume makes the buses run, so I don't see why I should have to... I say that every time I sneak in on a on a, a bus through the um, emergency exit in the morning. I'm sure my taxes pay for this bus, so why should I have to pay again?
0: The bar's going to be full. Well,
2: they've you got sure. you're those...
1: Gonna, you're going to wish you were at a Johnston's Paint trophy match.
4: We've killed that joke. Let's move on to the kit. Um, yeah, that joke's not funny anymore. We've obviously p- expressed our feelings about the god-awful home kit. We've got a, a golden navy blue away kit. I mean... Is it as bad as some people have made out? Is or? it
2: really gold?
4: No. No. <laughs> but they had a treasure
2: hunt. It must be gold.
4: <laughs> is it being viewed in some quarters as worse than it really is as a result of the terrible home kit? It's better than the black and fluorescent kit, mm. I would say. Yeah.
2: I would almost say it's on a par with the that blue thing that is still our third kit. I didn't mind that too much. I'd say maybe this one looks a little bit more subdued. However, if you're going to make a gold kit, make a gold kit. Why isn't that thing shining? Yeah, that's
4: true. I mean, my my beef with this kit is that it's just been overdone. It's just got too much stuff mm. on it. It's too busy. Just do a nice plain shirt with, you know, perhaps put some blue on it if you want, but don't overcook <laughs> it. And they've overcooked it like his cauliflower and walsall. <laughs> That's what I feel about. sorting out, Macron. The strange bit,
1: because it's got a kind of a square on the front, mm. is all it could be. It's not stripes or quarters or anything normal
2: shirts have. It's got
1: a kind of a, a slightly misshapen square on it yeah. with bits of blue just filling the gap well, see, around it. It's it nearly,
2: it harks back to some kind of mid-80s kits where they did have that change across the chest in colour, like the Burton Away kit, but then they've kind of lost the nerve and gone, oh no, we'd we'll, we'll better draw a frame around it. Which you didn't need. And then there's the different stripes on the colour and then there's the rose on the back and I'm sure that you probably find a slogan underneath the, <laughs> the armpit, armpit. Like Billy Painter forever woven in. Yeah, too much going on plus it's not really gold. It's like the colour of a biscuit or something.
4: <laughs> and there's the Macron men on the arms. Which, the man, which the ever-present Absolutely Macron everything. Men. Out of 10, if you had to sort of try and objectively score it, what would you give this for?
2: Even after saying that I didn't mind it, like three.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a generous five. Oddie, what do you say? I, I think a three, four is about right. What would you yeah. give the home kit then on that basis? Not, I'm not prepared to even uh, look at Chelsea that. The Chelsea kit. Right, we'll move on from <laughs> that then.
2: As far as I'm concerned, we don't have a, a home kit. We're just playing a skins <laughs> out yeah. on the road this year.
4: What I think you will see, given how reactive the owners have been, is that come next year, there'll be a massive play on the simplicity and style of the new kits. Words will be had at Macron HQ, I think.
2: Well, it goes around. I mean, Macron made one good, simple home kit that everybody loved and they must have hated the, the praise that they got. Admittedly, it was probably grudging. I imagine every bit of praise that Macron ever gets is like, for did, Macron, did you do, did you do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did, did someone else design this for you? Uh, yeah. Final note
4: on that, though, if you've seen some of the Italian kits that Macron have done, mm. you can't just squarely lay the blame at their doorstep. There no. must be somebody at Legion United signing these things off. Sean Harvey. Yes, <laughs> it's all Sean's fault. Ken, Ken did the planes, Sean did the kit. Okay, we'll blame him. We'll move on to those characters now then and talk briefly about the ownership and the takeover and stuff. We was it deal- takeover? I hadn't heard. Well, there was one. Uh, it's a long story. Uh, no, sorry. So the situation changed dramatically on July the 1st. We'll move on to Ken in, in the next bit, but he ceased to be chairman <laughs> on the July the 1st. And then we'll talk about his presidency thereafter. But Sean Harvey also at that stage departed day-to-day duties, but remained on the board at the time of writing these notes. But he's now CEO of the Football League. Congratulations, Sean. Well done. It's funny, isn't it?
2: Some people just come up smelling of roses. He was like just a a fantastic extra bonus. We knew that Bates Day was was going to be July the 1st when he became president. But then to hear Sean Harvey's going as well is like, you know, like Columbo "It's one more thing, or or a a creepy magician uncle, something else in the box.
4: (laughs) Gwyn Williams at the same time was put on garden leave.
2: Well, no, they kept him a couple of days. They they saved that announcement. They were definitely teasing, teasing this along. They were like... Wait
4: until he felt comfortable. Yeah.
2: Remember how good you felt the other day?
4: (laughs) We forgot to give you this. Yeah. Well, they'll be sorting out his severance and... um, David Haig was then appointed as managing director, effectively stepping into Sean Harvey's well-worn shoes. And thereafter, the club appointed Paul Hunt as the acting CEO, once of Blackburn fame.
2: And the new chairman?
4: Uh, Salah Nuruddin.
2: Sounds about right to me. Yep,
4: good. Also leaving was Yvonne Allen. She's now gone.
2: Ken's Rottweiler. She doesn't get enough of a bad rep. I think she deserves, even as she's leaving, she deserves more ashes heaped upon her head. That was Ken Bates, his financial director. You've got to remember those were the words he used. His Rottweiler. And when she, the one article that was ever written about her in the Leeds United programme when she first pitched up, said that uh, Ken's words, she's here to make sure that there's no nothing fraudulent goes on. If there's any, any anybody cheating the club, she'll be on top of it and she'll stamp that out. She'd been doing that for Ken since about 1990.
4: So this week saw the sacrificing of one of Ken's sacred cows in Yorkshire Radio rather unceremoniously shut down with only hours' notice yesterday. And this follows on the heels of Howard's being shut down in the last couple of months. And obviously the big one is Ken himself uh, being dismissed as president of the club. I, mean, a- I don't know
2: why you're saying this in a sad voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's- it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I thought we could say this follows on the heels of Ken himself being shut down. I like to imagine that's how it actually happened in the uh, Gfh offices. It's like, "Yo, <laughs> Yo, Salim, <laughs> you heard what Ken's been up to?" It's like, "What? You're never going." And then the story gets told. Shut that bitch down. <laughs> As a, oh well hold on we'll just get clearance from Bahrain uh, hello um, we'd like permission to shut that bitch down yes Ken Bates oh sorry it's David from Leeds United <laughs> yes. yes I know I've not been over for, yes oh no I'm very well yes splendid time Weather, weather's lovely but we've got a bitch needs uh, a bitch needs shutting down yeah, I was wondering if I could speak to no they're, they're, they're busy okay well if anybody does come in the office with the authority to sanction the closing down of a bitch uh, could you ask them to to oh well fax me uh, well no yes next week will be fine anyway
4: <laughs> I was wondering where you were going <laughs> with that you're still going minutes later uh, no the reason for my tone of voice is that I've just been a little bit stunned by it all it's all kind of happened very quickly of course the commentary uh, thing has gone back to BBC Radio Leeds to, in amongst all this before His
2: Holiness the Pope from now on
4: indeed which so that kind of was uh, very much preempted the closure of Yorkshire Radio so what do we make of it all because we I don't think we necessarily saw any of this coming in the the magnitude that it has done when we spoke last on the podcast. It
1: seemed obvious that they would, at some point, probably shut Yorkshire Radio because of the commentary moving. And besides that, really, no, one, huge listens, no making, one listens to it very hmm. much and it loses loads of money. But for it to be seemingly operating and planning for the future one day and then all of a sudden just being like, do you know what, fuck it, pull the plug.
2: <laughs> and he did have the other things on because they have cricket commentaries. They have... Rugby commentaries, have got; they have actually got some programmes as the Rugby AM programme has been on recently. So they were like doing things apart from just Leeds United commentaries and playing old Tina Turner records. It's just that nobody was really listening to them. But done right, you think Rugby League commentary. There probably are quite a lot of Rugby League fans out there quite annoyed.
4: But but the thing is, ultimately, if it's not a viable concern, then... It shouldn't be a drain on the club. If the accounts are to be taken at face value,
2: then that's exactly what it is. If there was a connection with anything... Um, that Bates built at Leeds United it was with Yorkshire Radio because you couldn't you can't go in the stand although he claims that those were facilities for the fans I don't think I'd be able to wander in there in a replica shirt and just have a look I'd be chased out by security not for the likes of you and me and the pavilion is for members but again you know there's a fee to get in and it's just you know it's a shed that says bids. whereas Yorkshire Radio people love radio. Radio has a voice and has a, a personality and you grow to uh, to cherish and love everybody apart from Ben Fry, who is speaking to you from within this little box on the shelf. But then uh, the other angle, it was used by Ken and Ben to put out a wanted advert for one of Ben's business rivals, displeasures, uh, whatever he thought Melvin Levi was that ultimately saw us dragged through the courts and cost us a fortune. He used it just to slag off fans, foreigners. The children in Africa was one of my favourites when he was complaining about them being sent water. Program notes, though, actually maybe it was all very much of a piece. I, I have a feeling that the children in Africa might have been on the radio. I can't remember, but anyway, certainly the foreplay was the radio, and nobody needed to hear that. And then there was also the question of. It not having any discernible running costs and no employees, and um I checked it was it was one point six million it had lost at the last set of accounts, and it owed the parent company, which was the football club, another one point six million so it w- you could you know what for that money you could get a private jet, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of it was almost the most vicious part of what Ken built because it was actively once a week, twice a week, sometimes, you know, his voice would come out of the speaker and it would just be pure bile. And it was one of the things, much as Tom Kerwin and definitely Eddie Gray will always be popular people who we enjoyed listening to, that biliousness that it also broadcast was one of the main things that drove a massive wedge between the fans and the club. So I'm not sure how many air supply songs make up for for what Ken did with that radio station. So, fuck it, listen to BBC. I
4: mean, it follows on the heels of, I say on the heels, it was years ago, but he tried having a radio station when he was at Oldham in the 60s, didn't he? Of course, Chelsea did the same thing. Both were shut down as soon as he went and the same things happened here. History repeating.
2: It's just the Ken thing. And the Leeds United coverage wasn't the worst, was not the best. It was all we had, so we couldn't really judge. And I'm sure they weren't thinking... Ken Bates <clears throat> all the time as they were as they were doing it but that's who set it up and plus the, the whole I mean we haven't even touched on its role in admin if it hadn't been for Yorkshire Radio it might have been free of the leech when um, when that was going down its creditor status um, hey, carried his votes notes. <laughs>
4: Yeah it, it, was a, it was a post-it note that was handed in at the 11th hour wasn't it for money owed for £480,000 it was and that was I think it was £80,000 a year for six years of broadcasting rights that somehow it was deemed the club owed Yorkshire radio rather than the other way round. Yes. And that was enough to sway the percentage vote into uh, the favour of Ken Bates, wasn't it?
2: Plus, I just strongly dislike Ben Fry.
4: It's an opinion. We all have one.
1: As good as they could have potentially made it following Bates's departure, it, was so, it would always have been that Ken Bates radio station mm. and it's tainted beyond repair. You would struggle to find anyone, particularly with the losses it makes to make a case for it actually staying open.
2: Well, that's it as well. I mean, the the cricket coverage and the rugby coverage were being paid for. You know, you pay for those rights to carry that commentary and Leeds United Football Club, by whatever route, was spending money on commentary of other sports that a negligible amount of people listened to, but which took valuable resources away from a skint football club. So how about you shut down that radio station? And if... Carrying those commentaries is so viable. Somebody else will pick it up. So, I mean, there's a, a presumably a, a mixing desk and a, some broadcast quality, well, reason, sub-quality <laughs> equipment in a skip outside the pavilion. Somebody go down and set your own radio station up and make a fist of it. And you can un- call people whatever you like. Obviously,
4: it wasn't Yorkshire Radio that was the thing that got rid of Ken. It was this seemingly this... Um, this plane contract that he seems very reluctant to have to justify himself for, as he said on the radio to everyone's friend, Neil Ashton. I don't have to justify myself. He claims he did it in the best interest of the club. Do you think we need to be shelling out half a million quid over three years for a private plane for Ken Bates?
1: But the best in, if, in the be, if it's in the best interest of the club, then yes.
0: I don't even want to see him in this country, let alone <laughs> at this club. <laughs> that was it. fuck it. off and stay there.
2: <laughs> Purely to bring him to watch Leeds United... Doesn't help me. Stay at home. Listen to it on Yorkshire Radio. (laughs) I think Ken's starting to tie himself in knots and starting to get himself caught out with this stuff. He's obviously going to try and take this to court, but it it basically comes down to he thought he could negotiate a contract for a private jet that the club would pay for. And GFH Capital have taken a different view and sacked him for it. And that seems fairly... Cut and dried. He either had the power to do that or he didn't have the power to do that. And if he have not got the power to do that, then he's not going to win in court.
4: Is it worth saying that the situation here was that this allegedly happened three days before he finished his chairmanship? Mm. And at that point, it's, it's, now he's already said that all executive decisions had to be signed off through Salim Patel, yet... He's admitted that he didn't sign this one off through Celine Patel. Yeah.
2: That's what I mean about him tying himself in knots. And it's he was saying a lot in Neil Ashton as well about um how he was still a director and saying that uh, they only had one board meeting in uh, in the last six months. It's like, well, Ken was a director of Leeds United, where who also had on the board Celine Patel and David Haig and Sean Harvey, but he was not and never was a director of their parent company through which they own the club, Leeds City Holdings, which does have a board featuring Salem Patel, David Haig um, and all the people from GFH. So it sounds like it's a wonderful image, if you pause and think about it, of them having board meetings of Leeds City Holdings and not telling him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying as well that he couldn't get hold of anybody on the phone. He said, they never even to me. And then just like, you know, not answering the phone. He was like, I'm still a director of Leeds United. It's like, yeah. Leeds United doesn't really do anything anymore oh, and then having a special board meeting just so that Ken could come and still feel involved and then once he'd gone and had his say it's like right shall we have the, uh, the real board meeting he now for, pay- for-
1: An absolutely wonderful picture of him frustrated. They're, and they're so unprofessional now. Yeah. They won't they don't answer my calls, they don't reply <laughs> to my messages, they don't even have board meetings that I'm invited to. It's
2: like
1: <clears throat> I think you're struggling
2: to see
4: yeah, what everyone's trees. Of us here, seeing. The trees? Yeah. We
2: invited him to join us on a conference call via Skype, but he didn't respond. <laughs> we didn't hear from him about that. We followed him uh, bashing his face against the fax machine. He says, apparently they can see me doing this. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Release the carrier pigeons.
2: Well, yeah, so it's, it seems like some, I'd hesitate to call it stitching up, has gone on. But perhaps Ken misunderstood the power that he really did still yield. Over whatever's whatever's gone on, I
1: think we can all agree from listening to that TalkSport interview, it is funny. Okay.
2: <laughs> it is really good. And the other, um, there's the business of the Lutonville shares that he started well,
4: started <laughs> well let me let me go back to the start of this because I was going to segue into this by saying this is the man who remember has said he's never taken a penny in salary out of Legion United yes just is the that, private like that was, jet that he's always had I was going to say that was part of his justification for
1: doing it this time wasn't it, it was oh, I've always had a private jet yeah. I think, Hang on, what? always you mean even you mean the whole time you've been at the club so prior to the time you put us into administration with massive debts you still you still had a private jet at that point did you and then after that straight after when we had no money and we were having to scrabble around trying to sign Curtis Weston and, and people like You had a you had a private jet then, did you? You remember when St. John's Just, just to double check, yeah. What about
2: St. John's ambulance fundraiser they had to try and make up for the money that you you didn't give them during that? And the guy
1: who, the guy
4: balloons you had and you didn't pay for. Did 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 he you have a private jet then? Um, you. The, the thing that stuck in the craw most for me is the office expenses um of five thousand pounds a month. Now I do quite a lot of work from home.
1: But Monaco is a dear place to live, and broadband there is expensive. Well,
2: I don't even know if it's broadband. Is
4: it £60,000 a year expensive? Because I tell you, I bloody love £60,000 a year in office expenses. When
2: was the last time you had a fax machine serviced? It's like a specialist thing now. <laughs> it's like typewriter repair people. You don't, you can't just it's open. It's like restoring
4: a... an oil master painting or something. <laughs> exactly, it,
2: really? you've got to get conservation experts in to keep <laughs> that thing running. And I think that's probably worth five thousand pounds a month on its own. Cheap. I, I imagine
1: and Ken it, has a rhino on the wall in his office as well. <laughs> proper, a proper old-fashioned. I can't
2: he, work without a rhino. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and a it blunder, gives me power. And the gun that he shot it with as well. A yes. blunderbuss. <laughs>
2: the gun somebody else shot it with, or it's never shot a rhino.
4: Another thing as well that has, has turned up over the last few days, this apparent uh, monitoring fee. Let's, mm. let's go back into
2: uh, Lutonville. Lutonville
4: Holdings here, which of course, to fill you in if you're not familiar, Lutonville is the company that uh, was controlled by Outro, which was apparently controlled by Ken, but Ken has since said he's not
3: in well, control
2: of it. It's said in the accounts that it was uh, controlled, could ultimately controlled by Ken Bates by virtue of its connection to Outro. Right. Outro being the company through which Ken Bates owned Leeds United, almost entirely. And then Ken Bates has since said this week that Lutonville wasn't him. He, he arranged for the deal with Lutonville, but he doesn't own it. And as well as the 3.2 million pounds of preference shares, so that 3.2 million pounds went in um, just before uh, the takeover. And, um, it had a condition attached that if there was a takeover, it would turn into four million pounds and it could be taken out, all of which happened. um, but it's not a salary, but it's not well, it's it's um a although, although it is connected yeah. to Ken Bates by virtue of its connection to outro, he's then... eight hundred
4: thousand pounds profit. let's just draw attention to that,
2: which he he now says he doesn't own it. he merely arranged for it to happen, but apparently there is some money owing because it turns out now, that there was also £100,000 administrative charge, which I think we'd spotted on the accounts already and gone, ah! um, <laughs> and so we knew that was there, but then we didn't know that there was a £40,000, is it a week or a month? I a think quarter. £40,000 a quarter, the ah! uh, monitoring fee, which I think, is that the thing that's not been paid? Certainly something's not been paid, and now Ken wants to sue. I always gently pointed out to him that, so, didn't you just say that you you don't own it? Um, I don't know if we've had an answer to that, mm. but yes. So well, the, Ken,
1: you got to remember, the he's a moral man. He won't want to see any financial wrongdoing. <laughs> so he's just trying to stand up for the little guys, in this case, um, Lutonville. Yeah. Who we he, know. Whoever they may yeah. be. He's just trying to, he's got their back, is all he's saying.
4: What is he needs is Yvonne Allen. Yeah, she's, taught, she's taught this out, wasn't she, the rock Yeah, so we've got £800,000 in profit, the £100,000 admin fee, and then £160,000 a year monitoring fee.
2: Yes, which was initially anonymous, then was associated with Ken Bates, but then Ken Bates has said it's not associated with him, and now he's going to sue because somebody is owed some money, even though it's nothing to do with him. Well, And he's always had a jet, damn it, so why can't he have a jet now? (laughs) That's what he calls down. I knew when this was going to blow up, it was always going to be over something small, petty and ridiculous. When it was announced on that Friday night, eight o'clock on a Friday, and it suddenly pops up, Ken Bates has ceased to be, yay! <laughs> President of Leeds, Lisa- and oh, well, you know, no, that's still good. And I assumed, because of the timing of it and the shortness of the statement that just looked so brief, that he'd, he'd either chinned somebody or he'd thrown a glass of white wine in, uh, in David Haig's face, or perhaps knocked a margarita out of his hand or something. <laughs> something equally you know kind of small town but but a, a breach of contract you know he he'd sworn at the wrong person he'd frightened the wrong child and ultimately yeah he' negotiated the wrong amount of money for the wrong private jet and his justification is but I always had a jet and that's all he well I always had a jet. now I'm president now so I'll get a better jet I'll get a okay <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get a jet in pounds not euros. Whatever that means, which I mean, that pounds and euros thing was great because it was Matt He got caught out on the max Gradle <laughs> fee, so he said mm. when he was uh, justifying where that had gone. going to "Of course, we didn't get all that much from max Gradle because you've got uh, to agents take their slice, and then, uh, and then, of course, it's in uh, negotiating euros, so uh, the, the, we missed out on some money there." So, what? <laughs> <But> <laughs> so
4: yeah. Ask for more than if it's going to come. Anyway, listen. Let's move on from that. Also reported in the newspaper was this one and a quarter million a Carter Ruck, so we know roughly now what the fortune may or may not have been that was being paid in legal fees for all sorts of stuff money well spent thank you very much <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> so that g- Ken
2: we didn't even get a sponsorship out of it. because <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean to put that in real terms that's what it's a, a half, lot of money two and a half thousand three thousand season tickets something like that that may as well just not bother just chuck, just chuck that money in the bin that's of no use to any to the football club at all
2: we haven't paid more than a million pounds for a footballer since Richard Craswell. But we've managed to pay one and a quarter million pounds to Carter Rook.
1: And over, and over the same period, we've not paid a million pounds for a player. We've spent more than that on uh, planes.
2: Yes. Yeah. So anybody who says...
1: And well, more than that on um, admin fees and preferential share things
2: to yeah. so Lutonville. But he's not taking a penny out but of he's not, not, business he's not business. God, he's business. not
1: taking a penny. My God, he hasn't. He's not so had as so much as a free dinner in Howard's.
2: We haven't been run very well. No,
1: that's, it's, that's a little point, but but well, I know
2: we've been saying this for years, but no. it now actually looks like we can prove it with things that Ken is saying and with his own voice. No,
1: what what GFH have done is rip the heart out of the club. Gwyn Williams. Gwyn Williams. Then. Not Don Revy. Not Billy Bremner. <laughs> not the not fans. Not Eddie Gray. Not the fans. God no, not the fans. No. Gwyn Williams.
2: To be fair, that defeat at Gillingham when he took charge that one time.
1: Tears in their eyes. <laughs>
4: wasn't it South End? It was South End. I Maybe
2: think. it was South End. Somewhere down south. I don't go past not In the equator, wasn't it? Yeah. You could but you could feel that night a different a different heart, a different beat around the club. It was uh, Ken Bates. Ken Bates. Ken Bates. Plus Ken reckons he's gonna sue. Somebody's gotta screw loose. We're gonna to have to go to court I hope he
1: forgets that we're not paying his legal bills. Yeah. <laughs> and they just it land would. on they land on his dorm and he's like, oh Susanna
2: <laughs> <laughs> Invoices the club again. Fetch
1: the bullion! If he did take us to court, what exactly would he be claiming for? Because he was he was in an unpaid position. So it's not like an unfair dismissal claim where you can sue for sort of lost earnings or mm.
2: And also I'd suggest that if he wants to talk about defamation of like defamation of character, like He's people, not in the People coach. might think less of him or, because he's not president of Leeds United anymore. I, again, I'm not sure it's a position. He's really got a strong argument so there. So
4: we could sort of maybe sue for loss of perks, and that's about the size of it, isn't it? Loss of perks. Well, he's loss <laughs> of perks. He's, got, he's not got his jet. He's not got his padded seat and heated blanket in the bloody stand. Yeah.
2: Basically, it's 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 the argument of a child.
4: <laughs> it's not fair, Neil.
2: <laughs> Neil! I want my jet back!
4: Well, let's end on a good news note then. Um, we speak on the day that the League United Supporters Trust has been invited into and met with the club's hierarchy. Paul Hunt... The acting CEO and David Haig, MD. It's
2: not Doogie Howser. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks a bit like him. If ever, if ever there was a uh, a big fuck you to Ken Bates, it was the fact that within about half an hour of that statement going up on the the website to say that Ken Bates had ceased to be oh happy day president think, of Leeds we should, United. He had the statement as well. Go on then. In, in, it's all, it's, yeah. in
1: all its brevity, um, Ken Bates has ceased to be president of Leeds United Football Club. Mr Bates will no longer have any role within the football club.
2: So having posted that on uh, leedsunited.com, David Haig then picked up the phone and rang up Gary Cooper, old old friend of the chairman, (laughs) (laughs) Gary from Leeds United Supporters Trust, which there's been a lot of suggestions that there was some kind of hold that Ken Bates had either contractually or spiritually um, that prevented um, GFH from making any contact with... Uh, the supporters trust. And there was, there did seem to be quite an absolute total closed door. And it turns out like that probably must've been true. If within 20 minutes of sacking the old goat, they phoned up his arch nemesis and invited him (laughs) round for, they had the burgers in Billy's at lunchtime apparently. And have since been uh, sexting each other on Twitter, (laughs) which is always (laughs) nice to see. We want a close relationship. All, it's not all Leeds United supporters trust ever wanted, but one of the main things they wanted was to be able to sit down with whoever is running the club over a burger, if need be, and just say "What up, dog?" <laughs> Which why, I you I see like that. <laughs> that's how business gets. Oh, I'll just have to phone to Bahrain and see if if you're actually um, if dog isn't an, an applicable you, you're, term. You're
4: thinking because David Hague's from Cornwall. He's some sort of surfer dude, aren't you? That's I can sort of see the the connection going on there. But listen, it's good news. It's good news. It's and, and they've spoken to the supporters club as well. Bridges being rebuilt. Yeah, and,
2: and everybody gets to go and have their photo taken in the executive boxes, which is quite nice. You, you always get to do the uh, LUSC. They've done, it, they've
1: done it in Ken's boxes as well.
2: <laughs> in my box, that fact because he he he, um, <laughs> he did anecdotally and allegedly he did used to make references to the size of the chairman of the Leeds United supporters trusts. Ken yeah. being such a svelte <laughs> gentleman. Exactly. And so I can picture him saying, isn't that slob in my box? Uh, yeah, actually, they are letting him in your box. He'd do what the fuck we want now because you're not here. And uh, it's interesting the, to hear uh, Salah Naruddin, our uh, hitherto quite a mysterious chairman, did a 10-minute video um, on the official YouTube channel. We've got a YouTube channel. We didn't to have a YouTube channel. We had the only YouTube channel in town. Um, and now they're interviewing the chairman on it, but yeah, he's uh, he's on saying that uh, he said um, the fans are the true owners of the club. Um, mm. He said something that's very
1: ab- nice. Get the paperwork drawn up. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he said something about how um, there's been an absence in the relationship with the fans, which I think was a a very Smart way of putting it. Certainly smarter than when he was referring to the fans as the market. I don't think he's quite down with football lingo yet. He keeps saying Leeds United is a, a brand with a rich heritage and we've signed three players, which has been very well received by the market. Whereas what he I think he meant was that uh, Leeds United is a great old football club with a, a long history and we've made three signings and the fans like it, but it's well received by the market. Um, he'll get used to it. Salim can teach him some of the football lingo. So that's all very positive. So the, the noises look good. The removal of all traces of Ken Bates is continuing apace and we've just got to hope that all this isn't just a disguised cost-cutting exercise to prevent the club from going under out of business before Saturday.
1: <laughs> but on the plus side, Ken would have sold Sam Byram, Tom Lee's, Ross McCormack before he allowed Howards to be shut.
2: He'd have had them working in Howards.
1: <laughs> he would have he would keep he would have kept his his project's going at the expense of everything else.
2: We hadn't even mentioned Howard's being closed. Howard's closed. Where are we going to eat?
1: The, the way they are, they're just trying to kill him out there, really. Yeah. Like, Howard's is <laughs> gone. Yorkshire <laughs> 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 <The Oxford> Radio's <laughs> <Yeah>. gone. <sighs> Look who this
4: is. It's Gary. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
3: Coming up. So
4: the season kicks off on Saturday against Brighton and Hove Albion. Looking forward to this one, gents. Big crowds. Optimism never higher than it is at the moment. I wouldn't say never. But... I don't mean never ever, I mean never in the course of the season does it get higher than before the first game, does it?
1: Yeah, actually I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be all right. It'll be alright. It'll be nice to some yeah. people. Yes. I'm used to being a bit lonely at Ellen Road. Might be some singing, some smiling, people wanting to be
0: there. It'll be nice.
2: Then then there'll be kick-off and we realise Michael Brown's playing.
0: And the barrel will be full.
2: The barrel will be full. We have got all the uh, the inbuilt bring-downs are still here. The, uh, the spectre of Danny Pugh at centre-back could still happen. You can do anything you like to, to Ken Bates, but Danny Pugh's not going anywhere. No Rudy Austin in midfield. That's disappointing. El in an infected shin. I've had shins all my life. I've never had an infected shin. Why should he be so special? I suspect it's something different there.
0: You um, didn't work up in a pool of urine in a toilet, though, did you, after being
2: beaten up? No, that's true. That's true. See, I'm sure that was just... All fun and games with El Hadjouf being beaten up in a Senegalese nightclub toilet. It could happen to, I'm sure, it probably happened to Tom Lee's this summer. We just didn't hear about it. People just make a big deal of it because it's El Hadjouf.
4: I'm normally one of the more optimistic ones on this podcast, but I think we're
2: going to lose this game. Well, they've got um, another random manager with a funny foreign name who presumably is good because he's... Uh, is he actually Spanish or is he another Uruguayan? I can't remember.
1: He was from. He came from Barcelona. <laughs> yes, you heard it right <laughs> I think that's one of Dan's Is the accent I'll let him do the Spanish um, Yeah, he came from their Right Youth system somewhere
2: So like Luciano Becchio Similar <laughs> yeah. That's no. going to be good When Becchio's manager that'll be, that'll be his final revenge Over Neil Warnock Come back and manage Leeds United to the title
4: Come back and re- relegate Tavistock to Town Or something like that
2: No, he's going to take Leeds To European Cup It's fucking unbelievable
4: um, no, the reason why I think we're going to lose against Brighton is because we're all really optimistic, and it's going to be a really big crowd. There's going to be quite a feeling of build-up build and uh, expectation there, and mm. I think we might just flatter to deceive a bit. I don't know. I hope not. I really hope not.
2: And uh, well, yeah, and I mean, if we don't get a good uh, a good result against Brighton, then I think we could be looking at quite a small crowd against Chesterfield. That's the way it goes. There's a joke there, you see, because it's going to be a small crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Laugh you know at least. Pity me with laughter. And oh, they've got good players as well. Craig kale smiths not gone anywhere. Vicente, who uh, is he the one who absolutely hated Gus Puey? Matthew Upsons, he played for England once. He's kind of like, I think Matthew Upsons, how David Hague looks at Blackburn Rovers. He says, yeah, well, he uh, played for England. He's very, very, very good. He's like Bobby Charlton. And then uh, Major Frank Buckley's still up front and he always scores against so, us. So. Yeah, fourth last season, kind of people we should be challenging. Um, probably can't because we haven't got any good players yet, apart from Luke Murphy, who cost a million pounds.
4: But that said, just
2: to counter my own fears, McDermott had us play
4: quite well against him for the last game of last season. It was only Cockgate uh, that saw us lose that one, really, wasn't it?
2: Plus Austin being sent off. Yeah, he'd, he'd already gone before, and yet that happened. That we were getting back into the still game, still banned, which yes. I think isn't fair.
4: No,
1: it was not a red card either. Well that's no, terrible. he shouldn't.
2: the whole thing's unfair. I'm sure that's why our chief disappeared. He's probably just too nursing his testicles after the What do you reckon disgrace. then, gents
4: for this one then? Are you feeling we might win or, or is it too early to call?
2: There's going to be a 40,000 crowd there, um <laughs> cheering on <laughs> the last right. minute. They're, <laughs> they're uh, worth a yeah, uh, worth a goal start. We know that, yeah. However, Craig Michael Smith <clears throat> is probably worth like a hat-trick reply. Um I don't know. Um I like i I'd, I'd really really like much as we are being silly and cynical, I'd love if the positive mood could be matched with an actual win in a football game. We just need to ignore the fact that we lost to Warsaw, that we had to wait for Luke Varney to, for the beast to awaken before we could beat Stevenage. And in fact, the Stevenage result was in large part due to Rudy Austin coming on as a sub as well. And I'm uh, glad
1: you're not doing the team talk. <laughs> <laughs> just forget about all the shit, lads about how you're all useless <laughs> now in training, you've not scored all week. Yeah.
0: Just forget about that.
4: And you agree, but you're not playing. So this a- this actually sounds probably quite reminiscent of a Neil Warnock team talk, yeah. to be perfectly honest. No, I know. I get what you, I buy into exactly what you're saying there. Yeah. Actually, cliches aside, the good crowd and the good atmosphere could well spur them on.
2: Could well be all we have going for us. <laughs> yeah, so why not?
4: Why not? And, and do you know what? For all the criticisms of GFH being potless and all the rest of it, They've evidently put some money into stabilisers, and if this is all they've got, and we've got to do our bit, then why not?
2: Why haven't they put some money into stabilisers for Jason Pearce?
4: <laughs> That's quite funny, that. Thank you. That was all right. Especially considering you're eating.
2: Um, I'm, we found GFH's transfer funds <laughs> in the office. It's a, a pile of actual chocolate pennies um, that I'm chomping my way through.
4: Um, anyway, on to the Chesterfield match. League Cup, first round, not going to inspire that much is it but a chance to maybe get a win under the belt is, is um austin suspended for this one or can he play i suspect suspended he, suspended. he got three, he matches, got three right? matches yeah so that yeah. and it
2: is a um because it's the league cup so i think the league
4: suspension applies
2: yeah, yeah i think so but look who chesterfield have got what? this is exciting the one exciting fact i could discover about chesterfield today is that they've just signed Richie Humphreys, who we nearly signed for four million pounds in 1999 when he was a hot prospect at Sheffield Wednesday, but well, we didn't sign him, and he went on to become a Hartlepool United legend. Cried like a big girl when he missed a penalty for uh, Hartlepool in the playoff semi-final. There is actually there's a great video on YouTube that is titled Richie Humphreys, Pool's Legend, where the uh, the highs and lows of his Hartlepool career are presented. In a series of mostly static images with some uh, fantastic misspelt word art. <laughs> it's just, it's like. I the, love uh, those kind of YouTube videos. It's lovely. It's, and uh, yeah, 488 games to Hartlepool, so you can't deny that he's got pools in his heart. But now uh, he's going to have to turn out for Chesterfield, who sacked John Sheridan, so fuck him. I hope we bend their spire back.
4: Enough about sex, what about the results, hey? (laughs) hey, And then on to the Leicester game. We're on Sky, we're on Sky loads. Coincidentally, it's the Sky Bet Football League and we are sponsored now, betting-wise, by Sky Bet. Mm -hmm. And we happen to be on Sky a lot. I mean, do you think there's anything in that? Well,
2: there's nobody else in the division worth watching, so they may as well just put leads on all the time.
4: So we're on at 4.30, bizarre kickoff time for a Sunday. Isn't that normally Super Sunday swoosh-bang
2: time? Why are we on at 4.30? I have no idea. It's 4.30 in the morning. In the PM, the afternoon. I don't, I don't like this. Can <laughs> we just go back to 1954? Me and or you know, yeah, like football used to days. be. Yeah. They seem to have stopped being big spending Leicester now because they've spent all their money. Spent it all on Beckford, who is now uh, not there anymore. Is at Bolton. So the only interesting thing about Leicester has gone, apart from uh, fake Casper, still in goal. So we can go and sling some abuse his way if we're going to go to an away ground and punch a goalkeeper, why Chris Kirkland when Casper Schmeichel is not the world? <laughs> not that I am encouraging any any drunken 4.30. That's an extra half hour in the pub. It's a 4.30 on a Sunday kickoff. Sunday trading laws aren't as uh, as harsh as they were when he was growing up. So I think Casper should uh, have a bodyguard out there. Alex, what's Alex Bruce doing? Is he signed? No, no, he's in the Premier League. Premier League football. The world's world's gone mad. The world's gone mental. (laughs) Next year, you will be telling me that Sean Harvey's the chief executive of the Football League. I'm excited. Brighton's going to be exciting. Chesterfield's going to be a bit of a chore. Um, And Leicester's going to be on the telly. So just watch it arm, That'll be quite relaxing.
4: Let's move on to predictions then for the season. Ours were wild and inaccurate last
2: season. Didn't one of us get something right?
4: We did. We'll, We'll quickly run through them again. We won't dwell on them for too long because um, we did this last time. So you can listen to that one if you want to really hear us being thick. Quickly then, where will we finish in the league? Um, We finished 13th last year, of course. Michael, you said 10th. What do you say this year? 10th. I'm going to be consistent. Moscow, you said 13th and got it right. Congratulations. Where are you saying this year?
2: I'm saying we're going to finish 9th and we will be one point off 8th.
4: I am writing these down so we can refer back to them at the end of the season.
2: Well, that's the only way we'll be able to know how right I was.
4: Yes, it's not like we can listen back. Um, Oddie, you said seventh last year um, after Michael. Was it Michael who pinched your tenth? No, Moscow pinched my thirteenth. That was it. So, yeah, the nearest nearest thing to it. Seventh. What do you say for this year? Sixth. Oh, well, you know what? I was going to say sixth, but um, I will... But you've got a lisp. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you say so is it glorious playoff, playoff fail well we we'll, actually we'll come on to these glorious uh, playoff failures in a minute cuz we have to predict those I mean, I'll try and predict the correct number of teams this year so I think I predicted uh only well, two you teams predicted wolves would go up twice yeah
1: and yeah. <laughs> two rights, wrongs make a right Yes. Uh, relegation a, yeah. well done last I mean, year I rather
4: erroneously predicted second or higher uh, I'm not going to be that so st- close. not going to be that stupid this time I will say eighth. So we've got a sixth, eighth, ninth, and a tenth in there.
2: Drug addict, eh?
4: (laughs) One of us is likely to be right as long as we stay in the top half. My my heart says we might finish in the top sixth, maybe fifth or sixth, but head thinks eighth on current standing with current players.
0: I'm thinking some good investment in January. Push on. We'll be that team that flies the late rush. Yeah, McDermott style.
4: Yeah. yeah. done it before. Uh, Last year, player of the year was Byram. we all said Austin, apart None from... None of us the... actually heard of Sam Byram at this yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically, he didn't exist, did he? No. no. Um, you all said uh, Austin, so Michael, who'd you say this we year? We didn't all say Austin, you said an unsigned... No, I'm, a- I'm going to come on to me in oh, a second. Okay. I'm going to draw special attention to my error from last year. It's a
2: very them attitude from you today. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: can
1: Bates. Player of the year this year will be Ross McCormack.
4: Okay, Moscow.
2: Tempted to go for player X to put in that random Byram element, um, but I always think oh, this, is, this is going to be Austin's year. Rudy will do the business. McCormack is just a dirty tramp.
4: <laughs> Oddie, who do you say? I've got Luke Murphy. It's
2: the very opposite of a dirty tramp, with his nice hair and his uh, last, fashion yeah, last, his last season. Last
4: Last season I said unsigned number nine. Steve Morrison. Yeah, which turned <laughs> out to be Steve Morrison, for which I can only apologise. Steve
1: everyone. Morrison, the bastard. Size, You were correct. Yeah. That's as much as we can say. And you're
4: therefore a legend. I will agree with um, Oddie on this one and say Luke Murphy.
2: Why do you think the Cormac's going to be player of the year?
4: Yeah, he's
1: popular. People like him.
2: <laughs> ah, You're doing it tactically, so yeah. you see who, who people will vote for.
4: He's a good player and he's, and he's popular. You know what? Just for the sake of the record, I'm going to say here, it could, the dark horse in this could be Noel Hunt, actually.
2: Uh, it could be the dark horse, I feel. Coming up late in the uh, the Bantz stakes. But
4: I will stand by my Luke
2: Murphy. Stand by young <laughs> Murphy.
4: Um, last year for uh, young player of the year, we all said Tom Lees and Moscow, you said there might not be one. There are no young players. <laughs> you were wrong in the sense that it was Byram, obviously. It was uh, it was the big star. Uh, have we
2: have we seen his birth certificate? Is he just another foul cow?
4: I mean, who do you reckon this year then, Michael? Paulian. Is that on the basis that he's the only one who's he, likely to make a breakthrough?
1: Uh, well, I don't know. Dawson is kind of on the fringes. There's a couple of others who've been getting a bit of a game in, in pre-season. But Paulian seems the best one and um, he did also overcome that murder thing <laughs> that he did at the end of last season um, yes. he's, he's the way he's, 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 re- he's a reformed character the way really. he's battled through that resilience very, very brave Yeah,
2: uh, Moscow I'd be tempted I'm also tempted to go for Polion because I think he's genuinely looked good in pre-season and the opportunity is there to play on the wing because we ain't got nobody else to do it um, however have you seen his uh, kick account on the old internet where you can upload a 36 second video of yourself no. For all your friends to enjoy. Well, when you have a look at that, and when you see uh, Don Polion and Sanchez Payne standing in the fields behind their house yelling at some cow type things, the their house. words, not mine. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> some cow type things, and then counting them, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cow type things. You start to wonder whether he's got the intelligence to make it at the top level. <laughs> but then you remember it's football, so Don Polion, my young player of the year. Good. Oddie. Are we taking
0: Byron as a given? Or Manchester City's young yeah. player of yeah. the yeah. year. Um you can have Byron. John Byron? You can have, Byram. Byram. You can you can have with- him. <laughs> How much you got? I'm still going Tom
4: Lee's. I love Tom Leeson.
0: Well, he's not young anymore,
2: yeah. is he? I mean, how many? He's still going to be winning Young Player of the Year when he's thirty-five.
4: Well, it's it's down now. I've written it down, so he can't change his mind.
2: Fair enough. Who are you going for? Byron. I fear for Byron this season. I'm a little bit worried about his hips. This injury on. gone. Hips of a pensioner. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of Gary Kelly shin splints did for him after three seasons, but we've we've managed to fast track Sam Byron to burnout in uh, in just one year. Cheers, Warnock.
4: All right then, On to top goal scorer. Last year it was uh, Luciano Becchio.
2: Did he actually get the award for that or was it nullified because Warnock sold him out of spite?
4: He was wiped from from history. I can't remember. No one else scored did the last season.
2: <laughs> Basically no.
4: <laughs> Michael, you thought Ross McCormack would be top scorer last year. Who yeah. are we going for this year? Are you going to stick with your same man? I'm going to go for Mathieu uh, Moscow also, be- you said Becchio last year
2: of course I said I'm, I'd love to be able to say Becchio again this year and I'm sure if he still played for us he would be but instead it's going to have to be Matthew Smythe perhaps his mum will come and accept the award Oddie for now
4: <laughs> now we mocked you for choosing Luke Varney last year however <clears> after <throat> his stellar hat-trick in pre-season will you be back in your they man they do not count
1: yeah. by the
2: yeah. way Wilbur plus only, only two of those counted
4: will you be back in your man again will you be back in your man again no oh
2: i will got Ross Mack. I'm telling you, he's a dirty tramp.
4: A tramp uh, would
1: not leave a, a cardboard box so carelessly discarded. He'd be sleeping in it. He'd be living in it.
4: I said number nine. I don't think it'll be number nine this year unless number nine is, of course, somebody who scores lots of goals. I was going to say, Smith, thinking I was going to be quite original, but you two have said himself, I'll...
2: It's the classic riches to riches tale of how Math- Matthew <laughs> Smythe battled back from the knock of his uh, of qualifying with honours for his business just, studies just degree.
4: To, just for novelty purposes, I'll say Noel Hunt. I don't think he's actually going to be top scorer. I think it'll be Ross. But Noel Hunt
2: will score six goals.
4: I'll say Noel... No, it's not going to be Noel Hunt, is it? It's going to be Ross McCormack. I'm changing my mind. It's going to be Ross. Ross McCormack his, will score seven Given his seven
2: degree and, and the
1: cow-shaped things, do you think him and Paulian will strike up an unlikely friendship?
2: <laughs> You're thinking Lou Varney again. They can't all be in a buddy comedy. <laughs> Maybe that's um, what they'll just put on LUTV this year, more hilarious japes.
4: Um, we asked, would the manager, Warnock in last season's case, still be here at the end of the season? The answer, of course, was no. Michael, you said no. Will McDermott still be here at the end of the season? Yeah, of course he will. Moscow, you said yes, but not next season. You were wrong. <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> Easy, Tiger. Um, yeah, McDermott's <laughs> going to go nowhere. He'll uh, he'll put his head down and work through it. He'll probably, you going know,
0: nowhere
4: with Leeds <laughs> United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course he will. He loves us. I'll say yes, yeah.
2: There'll be all kinds of PowerPoint presentations going on if it's not working, but he'll stay.
4: Who's going to win the league? Who's in it? Last year was Cardiff. We all said Wolves. Um, <laughs> Oddy said no idea. Not us, Michael. Reading,
2: Moscow, Wigan.
0: Oddy, I've still no idea.
2: Who came down? R- R- Reading and Wigan. Who else? I'll no, keep no, you up. No, up, up, nah, uh, up as champions then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I really have no idea. It's not us again. No idea. You don't really
2: follow football, do you? Not really. No. no. That's the same spend, as you said last year.
0: I must spend less time in the bar
4: this year. That's my uh, prediction. I think it'll be, well, you've said Reading and Wigan, so I'll say QPR. Are
2: you mad, sir?
4: I won't say QPR. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How come you're the only one who gets like I'll six say, votes? No, I'll
4: say Watford. I'll say Watford.
2: Oh, Cheating the, the way up again. Yeah, the, that's the, what's going to happen. Yeah, it'll be uproar.
4: Up uh, who else is going up? Michael, um, it was Hull and Palace last year. You said Cardiff and Wolves. you got Cardiff, right? Who's going up this year? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think
4: Wigan and Bolton will go up. As
2: well, Doogie Friedman managing to the top, eh? Uh,
4: Moscow, you said Birmingham and Watford last year. This year,
2: Brighton and Hove Albion. Because I too. just, I just think they're, a, <laughs> I just think they're a, a noble club uh, that will be charging Category A for them before we know it. And uh, oh god, I don't know who else are we, who else is in the league. I haven't looked at a, a table since last year. Nottingham Forest.
4: Oh, oh no, yeah. that's a shame. Isn't it? Oddie, you said not bothered last year. Yeah. Not a bothered? A bit more bothered this year. Not really? A bit more bothered. A bit more I said, bothered. I think Forest, might be one of those. A bit more bothered. And you say Forest, maybe. And someone else. <laughs> and someone else. Not willing
1: to tip them to win the league, but I'll tip them to go up.
4: Um, I said it would be, be us and Birmingham. Wow, you we were close. <laughs> I thought so.
2: <laughs> Who would have thought that Neil Warnock and Lee Clark wouldn't quite... <laughs> Push those teams into the uh, into the Premier League.
4: You see, I've got the little stupid devil on my shoulder saying uh, we might sneak into the playoffs this year and do it, but uh, realistically... Uh, That's the point
2: I've forgotten we could vote for us. I suppose I've already said. Ninth. Next.
4: Our section's coming up next. Reading. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Reading and I will say Wigan. I just
0: yeah. realised I've got to say us wasn't it? Because I put us in sixth, so we could go up.
4: Right, going down.
2: Last
0: year
4: Peterborough Wolves and Bristol City. Uh, Michael, you said Barnsley, Peterborough, and Millwall, so you got one of your three. I was nearly right. Yeah. This year. Um let's have Millwall again. I saw
2: Doncaster's squad
1: list today and they <laughs> appear to have about eight players. So them and,
2: wh- and wh- who is one of them? William Painter. William. <laughs> I like William it was really I like the way they call him William.
1: And
4: Will was, I am Painter. There. Did Yeovil Yovel came up? Didn't yes, they? you got Yovel. Yeah, they'll go down.
2: Those are pretty much the three hours. Ditto.
4: Moscow says ditto. Last year, you said Peterborough. You got that right. Sheffield Wednesday and Blackpool. Who yeah. Both
2: I got Peterborough right by just, you know, copying him. So if I copy him on all three this time, I'll be Oddie,
4: last year, out of pure spite, you said Huddersfield, Hull and Millwall. Uh, this year, you saying? Huddersfield, Millwall and somebody else. Barnsley. Go on, chuck them down.
0: I don't actually mind Barnsley, to be honest. Sheffield Wednesday?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them off. I said Blackburn, Forest and Ipswich. Um, and I'll go for Yeovil, Doncaster, and I'll go for Barnsley. This year. Barnsley,
1: they finished last season. They're they're going up. Where they finished yeah. last season. Nah. That's who
2: you should have gone for, Oddie. Barnsley. Oh, you like you like them. You remember Barnsley? You like? I love you, getting trashed. Every you time. used to like going to Barnsley. Remember the chips you had? No, no, no he's gone. He's gone. Upset.
4: And finally, we asked, uh, when will Juve and Colin Wanker fall out? They didn't, as it transpired. Uh, we all said they would do soon. Will he fall out with McDermott this year? I don't
1: think he'll fall out with him, but I think he will leave at some point during the season. Under we, a cloud or? No, just as we try and free up money for other people. I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of.
2: Yeah. Finds himself
4: out the reckoning, yeah. we release him in January. Yeah, he goes of off thing, to yeah. playing Qatar or something.
2: I'm not sure he's ever going to come back. I just I think he's not in Leeds. I don't think he's going to. Be in Leeds. One of the other videos on Don Polion's kick is on the team bus where uh, he's filming El Hajj Chief and he goes, uh, Hey, El Hajj, you're ugly. And El Hajj goes, Fuck you. And Don Polion goes, No, you're ugly. And El Hajj Chief goes, yeah, Fuck you. And then he puts the camera on Sam Byram and he goes, tell, tell El Hajj that he's ugly. And Sam Byron gives him a withering look and goes, uh, you're ugly. And El Chief goes, fuck you. And then you're glad that these things are only 36 seconds long. <laughs> At I least El Hadjishief
1: didn't threaten to rape his kids or anything, as he has done in the past with, uh, <laughs> when faced with this kind of abuse. <laughs> the Ken Bates, villain of the fortnight.
4: So one of the questions that was asked in recent times uh, for the return of the podcast, will we be doing the Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnite Award, given that Ken is history? And the answer, categorically, of course, is yes. Of course we will. It shall rem- forever remain named in his honour.
2: We can't afford to have a different award smelt. And that's for any young people. That's not sniffed. <laughs> Look it up.
4: So can we think of any nominees for the Villain of the Fortnite Award? Somebody who's contributed to our misery as Leeds United fans in the last fortnight, several weeks.
2: I have a nomination. I yes, try. Um, Neil, Neil Warnock. Oh no! Uh, this may only apply to me, but as alluded to earlier, I didn't just read the gaffer um, over the last fortnight, but I also read "Made in Sheffield: My Story." So it amounts to seven hundred pages of pure, unadulterated Warnock. I read them in reverse order. The second one, the gaffer, he says towards the end at one point, like, I decided to. Uh, you might have noticed that there's uh, the language in this one's quite, uh, uh, quite, uh, quite, quite, quite soft because the ladies might be, uh, ladies might be reading. And I said to Sharon that uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want have much swearing in the book because you know I want my grandson to be able to. If ever my grandson uh, ever asks, what did, uh, what did, gra- what did Granddad used to do. I want him to be able to read this book, and if I had a lot of if I had a lot of swearing in it, I, would, I wouldn't really like him to uh, to to be to be hearing that. And then you read the early one, you read Made in Sheffield, and it's like I fucking said to Blackie, fucking Gary Megson, I wouldn't fucking piss on fucking Gary Megson if Gary Megson was on fucking fire. <laughs> That's how he ends that chapter, and he opens that chapter with the words, "I've always hated Gary Megson," and, and that's the tone of uh, of Made in Sheffield. But what did I learn about? Um, I've reviewed them both for the new issue of Squareball, so there's a reason to give us one pound fifty for a copy of that. But the, what he uh, what I learned is that Neil Warnock knows fuck all about football, but he thinks he knows everything. And I also know why he sold Luciano Becchio. It's because he could not be asked, being manager of Leeds United, enough to keep him. He got QPR promoted basically by treating Adele Tarraps like he would have treated Michael Brown if Michael Brown had had Adele Tarraps' talent, which is basically letting him do what the fuck he wanted and then stopping Sean Derry, Deser, from killing him at every single turn. Adele doesn't turn up for training, he's like... Look, Desi, you've just got to let him go on with it because, uh, you know, we're, he's going to take us into the Premier League and if you strangle him, then we're just not going to get there. And Sean Derry, steam coming out of his ears. At one point, he actually uses the phrase, it's just not right, gaffer. But there, Luciano Becchio makes one phone call to his agent and uh, he's out the door. In fact, Neil Adelterrapt, after they'd got promoted in the run-up to lifting the Championship trophy when they played us, he went missing all week. And then on the morning of the game, he was nowhere to be found. And Half an hour before kick-off, it became apparent that he was going to show up. So Neil Warnock took Sean Derry aside and he said to him, uh, look, look, Desi, you've been great for me. You've been a great player for me. So you've been through a lot together. So you're going to be captain today. You're going to start as captain. I'm going to put Adele on the bench because he's not turned up yet. But if he does turn up, I'm going to bring him on as substitute in the second half. You give him the captain's armband. And I want Adele to lift the trophy because he's been great for us this season. And he makes him bloody do it. How's Wanker, this,
4: how's this impacted on your life apart from upsetting you a bit?
2: Well, isn't that an impact enough? I mean, I could have spent my time playing, frolicking with puppies, or running through fields of corn with Mattel Smith's mother. <laughs> Instead, I was reading that wanker's book, reviewing it for you bunch of wankers magazine. It's a fair
4: point, Michael. Did you have You're a all nominated as well, <laughs> by the way. Did you have a nomination, Michael? I did. You know, in the, in
1: films where the the baddies always come back, you think they've been killed, and then they they reemerge. That's what Sean Harvey has done. <laughs> we finally see the back of him and, oh, no, here he
4: comes. There's a sequel. Sean Harvey, it <laughs> must be pointed out, is a multiple winner of this award, I believe. He's a
1: multiple administrator of football clubs as well. And in yeah, the sense
2: of putting them into administration. Yes.
1: Yeah, not in a in a uh, dealing with their affairs kind of way. Mm. And the Football League have seen that skill set and seen it fit that he's the man to lead everybody. He can now ruin not just one club at a time, he can do a little bit of damage to all 92 oh, um, of them. 72. Oh, you're not, he's not in charge of the Premier League. He do not allow that.
2: Yet. Now you've described it as a horror film, I can see it in those turns. I can see where he, the camera just pans across. They're just maybe... It will be a scene in like an ordinary day, just in an ordinary office building. And as you say, the last time you saw him, he had a knife in his back in an alleyway. But then suddenly, go, oh, I wonder what these people in this around this table they're all talking about. And then just as the... The, everything comes into focus and people lean back and you see who's at the head anybody else
4: well it's been a fairly quiet couple of weeks hasn't it um, should we nominate David Haig what's this for just, just welcome to the job yeah <laughs>
2: but sheer perversity I'd better phone Bahrain because as far as I knew I've done everything they wanted. I've got rid of Ken Bates. I uh, sacked Sean Harvey. I had, what's his face? Uh, Barry Kepper came in. And uh, I, I don't know. yet yeah, They've still nominated me for this this Bally Ugly Award. Uh, so you, he's on the list just for laughs.
4: Right, of course, we have to give Ken his nomination um, because it's his award and it's customary to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this time we'll give him it for not going
2: gracefully. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's his, that's his nomination. For all. still
2: wanting a jet he should never have had in the first place. The frightening thing about it was he was probably going to be aiming to come to more games this year than he's ever been to in all these years when he was actually running the place. Said, oh, well, I can go now. I might enjoy it.
4: Pretend he was still in charge when he's not. Yeah. Um, so he's he's nominated for his Jet Antics. Neil Warnock for writing books that you've been forced to read. Mm-hmm. Sean Harvey for being unkillable. And David Haig for reasons
2: not Just really, to fuck with him.
4: ...really not clear. <laughs> uh, gents, give your uh, award nominations. Who would you want to win it? Harvey. I'm going Harvey.
2: I think I'm going Harvey as well.
4: Yeah, congratulations on your promotion to CEO of the Football League, Sean. You a truly know- undeserved <laughs> promotion. Well done.
2: I'd you- really hope you fail, only I feel that would have massive implications for the future of the sport that we all love <laughs> um, on a national scale, not just a local scale.
3: Any other business?
4: Well, the important business in this bit is to tell you about our fanzine. It's on sale on Saturday against Brighton. 56 full-colour pages of glorious Leeds United copy. Quick synopsis of the highlights there. Moscow, obviously, you've got your... Six pages of Warnock book reviews.
2: It's not as arduous as it sounds. I, You know me, I can I can make pleasant reading out of uh, any old shit. And in this case, I had to. And I've also, there's me blathering on about uh, the end, well, the, basically the last month, specifically the last week with Ken being promoted, going, Yorkshire Radio closing, all that kind of craziness going on. Special uh, cap doff as well to Andy P., who
4: has written a psychedelic take on the Red Bull saga?
2: Don't doff your cap too much. I mean, hey man, anyone can take drugs. It doesn't mean you're a winner. Drugs are for mugs, baby. Aren't <laughs> but in this case, drugs are for mugs. In this case, he's won. Uh, he's won. He's won the race.
0: Yeah, we'll see you on Saturday. Andy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know we do a lot of piss-taking stuff, but we've got we've actually gone around and got genuine sort of tributes to Ken Bates mm-hmm. from from people, people like Leeds, and also in the Football Association
4: and was quite From everywhere, really. It's
2: touching. Yeah, yeah this, it was a, quite an emotional feature to write.
4: We've given it a proper double-page spread as well. Yeah.
2: Um, love him or hate him, you have to kind of admit he's achieved a lot in the game. It was, it was right that we only took the moment to... Because if this is going to be his retirement, I can't see him going to another club to, to look back at, at what he's achieved in football and have the people that he achieved it with, in their own words, saying how they feel about the positivity he brought to them. There's also, we've got... Um, because it's always good with the first... Uh, I think the evening post's going to have you know the new team poster this week. Um, and the programme will no doubt have a, a new team poster, even though it's slightly devalued these days by the fact that we're still hopefully going to sign some players before the window closes. But I always like to see a new team poster. And Joe Gamble has done a, a, a squad poster for our centre pages. Re- it's best
4: described as a reimagining of the squad photo, I think.
2: Yes, he's definitely taken it to a different place. And it looks really, really good. One for the wall. Or at least the fridge. Fridge door, not inside the fridge.
4: So that is on sale at Ellen Road on Saturday. Usual spaces, external corners of the ground. Please buy one. It's £1.50 and um, it's available online too at the squareball.net and subscriptions there too. Buy one of those if you fancy it. Digital copy,
2: only a pound. It's all cheap. It I, is cheap. i got a pile of chocolate coins right here that could probably buy me a copy of our magazine. That's how cheap it is. Mm. So we will see you on
4: Saturday, hopefully with a square ball in your hand. Uh, until then, we will sign off. I'll all 30,000 of you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everyone. Yes. If you all buy one, we can retire soon. We'll
2: move in next door to Ken.
4: Uh-huh. Uh, bye from me, Michael. Goodbye. And Moscow. Goodbye. And Doddy. Goodbye. We'll return in a fortnight. Do get in touch. Podcast at the squareball.net. Tweet at the squareball and find us on Facebook too. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Ta-ra.
3: The squareball podcast, supported by thegeldedand.com.